can turn the world on with her smile Who can take a nothing day And suddenly make it all seem worthwhile Well, it's you, girl, and you should know it With each glance and every little movement you show it Love is all around, no need to waste it You can have the time, why don't you take it Welcome to After All, the cross-generational podcast dedicated to discovering and rediscovering the social, political, and personal impact of The Mary Tyler Moore Show. I'm your host, Ariel Fisher. And I'm Sylvia McCon. And welcome to the show, guys. This week, we are back with season two again, of course, because, you know, we're nine episodes in, except this week, we're 10 episodes in. Yay. So it's episode 10 of season two, Don't Break the Chain. Mary conjures up a few men from her past when she reluctantly continues Mr. Grant's chain letter. And a few men from her past, indeed. We actually have a returning uh, character from season one, episode two. What was his name? Armand. Armand. Armand Armand Linton. Linton. Yes, because she can't just call him Armand Linton. So he is Armand Linton from uh, Today I Am a Ma'am when... uh, Mary and Rhoda figured that they would take their singledom into their own hands and invite people from their past over for a little get-together, and he showed up with his wife. Nancy. Nancy, who is no longer on his arm. Right. (laughs) And he now very, um, I don't know that proudly, but it's kind of like, oh, you know, I now have yellow hair instead of brown. I am now separated from my wife. Nancy. Exactly. It becomes it becomes his tagline to everything he says, which yep. is kind of interesting. It's very strange. Yeah. So the episode is directed by Jerry Paris, and it is written by David Davis, that's an original name, and Lorenzo Music. What kind of parents? <laughs> <laughs> you assholes. What did you do? Uh, so... We, yeah, it was a a bit of a cute episode, episode. a bit of a cute episode, Uh, mostly a little innocuous. Mm -hmm. So we've had a couple of innocuous episodes so far, stuff that touched on interesting issues and the like. But this week seems to be kind of another in the same vein. But it was interesting because as soon as Armand Linton comes comes into, uh, comes in, comes onto the scene... He's very much defined by his lack of wife. <laughs> it's yes, it's very strange, but it's but it's also very noticeable and very difficult to uh, avoid. So it, it's interesting because it keeps making me think of bad dates with men who just don't know what to do with themselves. And to me, Armand Linton and the man who sells the the pots Wa- and pans, the waterless cookware. What does he call it? No, I don't know. Is thunderware. It, thunderware, yes. Thunderware. Waterless thunderware, which I can just picture really awkward underwear. Yes, exactly. That's all I could picture the entire time. It's like really loud farts or something? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. I think you should hope that your thunderware is waterless. Otherwise, you <laughs> might need to see a doctor. <laughs> you may have a problem if... Uh, but 
So what winds up happening is uh, Mary gets this chain letter from Lou and is reluctant to engage in them in it because chain letters are a pain in the ass and can't find anybody that she's willing to burden with this chain letter, but decides to go ahead with it. And two of the people that she sent it to, who are people she generally doesn't remember or care about, are Armand Linton and this other human whose name I can't remember. Because Roy, Roy something or other, who okay. was trying to sell her. So in, I guess she knew him from way back yeah. when he tried to sell her um, steak knives and then, and then encyclopedias. encyclopedias. And now he probably sells steak knives and cookware, which kind of go together better. Not cookware. Not cookware. Thunderware. Thunderware. Stand corrected. Stand corrected, which looks... Thunderware. Very much like uh, Le Cruisette. Oui. Very much so. Why? But it's not any cookware. It's no. very special cookware. I don't know why I did the French, because he's not French. He's very no. much not French. Um, so one of the things that's prominent in the episode is also this idea of chain mail. Oh, man. And not like the type that you strap on to go into battle, because <laughs> that's cool. And especially necessary. for Halloween. Yes, and necessary, especially for, you know, like medieval battle reenactments. Yes. But, yeah, chain letters. I mean, that then became chain emails. Right, and when they tell you to uh, send it to 10 of your best friends on Facebook or mm -hmm. Instagram, I presume, or something. Yeah. I don't know. I'm very Instagram um, uh, dumb. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you kind of want to get those people out of your circle because some of the things that get sent are just awful. Mm. and stupid and you don't want to be part of that so i can totally see why mary doesn't want to pass on the chain letter that yeah. everyone else seems to be very excited about including mr grant who said that one of the people on the list was alan, alan ludden and you may not know who alan ludden was he was a tv personality i think he was a game show host oh, or okay. something like that but he is a was a well-known um figure figure so mr grant feels that if alan ludden is part of this chain letter, then you don't break it because you trust him and he's a good man and you just carry on. So it's the company you keep that determines whether you forward your chain letter mm -hmm. or or uh, rip it up and put it in your waste, ba waste, waste basket. basket. <laughs> now this chain letter in particular comes with a caveat in that you have to send along a dollar to the first person on the list apparently and i think if uh, and then you have to send to 25 to send people it, yeah then you have to send the the letter to, to 25, 25 people, people and you're gonna who, get twenty five thousand dollars. yeah that's the idea is that the more you go and you know the more you get to the top of the list that it's basically a pyramid scheme with you know with a dollar with stationary yes which is just insane but i had never heard of chain letters having you know money the, involved yeah yeah i have in the past well i don't think yeah because i'm old um <laughs> i don't recall ever being party to one of these things mm. um which suits me fine because i probably if i had received one i probably would not have uh done anything it with it i would mm. not have passed it on just like i don't pass on email or you know facebook posts that says you know if you don't pass it on you will die well, this is the thing, right? Once upon a time, 
chain letters involved, I guess, financial compensation, which was just, well, I, I say that with air quotes. Right. But now instead, all you're offered is the threat of existential dread. Right. So it's much less tangible, but right. much more eternally damning. So, <laughs> you know, you trade off. That's it. As technology improves, your threat of, you know, uh, existential... Being ghosted by everyone on Facebook? Well, Maybe? I don't know that you would be ghosted by everyone on Facebook, but, you know, seven years bad sex and <laughs> 11 years no financial luck and death in every family and, and, and smiting of the firstborn and mm. locusts, locusts and all of locusts. the other plagues. Locusts. Yeah. Because. Yeah. Rivers, because, of, yes. rivers of blood. Exactly. Yes. Death of the firstborn, all that jazz. Yeah. So yeah. if you don't God, send on. We're the, biblical, aren't we? We're very biblical. <laughs> we're Jews. We don't know any other way to be but biblical. But so like I I used to remember getting chain letters like chain emails all the time Mm. and like people would send them along and you felt that like threat of if you don't send this to your seven closest friends you'll have like seven years of bad luck. Yeah exactly or something to that effect. Yeah. The equivalent of breaking a mirror and stepping on a cat and walking (laughs) around a ladder or something. (laughs) (laughs) Something like that. Did you ever participate in chain letters like this? No, I really have not. And I, like I said, I, I don't even recall getting one and choosing not to participate. I don't mm-hmm. think I ever got any. And now that you're, you know, on Facebook? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Junk. All and I ignore it. Yeah. Yeah. And have totally. you noticed seven years of existential dread? Yes. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Well, I guess you should have passed it on. I guess, you know, it's just one of those superstitions. The the only ones that I ever subscribe to are like, uh, for 20 days, post 20 pictures or GIFs of a film that influenced you with no explanation or description right but the, that's those are just fun games well yeah so that's different and those i really like yeah they're like hey i'm sharing something i and like to share i'm sharing my 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 exquisite taste in movies well exactly and, and that's what you should be sharing well, that's kind of fun stuff kind of my job it's kind of your job sort of a little have, bit i have no job so i don't share <laughs> nothing <laughs> but on top of all of that because like i guess the 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 threat of eternal damnation through not passing along a flimsy letter to a bunch of people you don't give a shit about there really is this presence of these men who seem completely awash and lost without a woman in their life specifically Mm -hmm. armand linton yes he sounds like i keep thinking about in i don't know if you remember this but there's an episode of gilmore girls in season three when Rory goes to the alumna's house, the alumnus's, I don't know what the singular male is of alumni. Alumnus. Alumnus? Alumnus. Goes to the alumnus's house. It's like Bacillus. Right. So she goes to the Yale alumnus's house to have a meeting so that he can get a feel for her and give her like a glowing reference for Yale and so that she can ask questions about the process in applying to Yale. And there's a sculpture in this man's house because he's very learned and very educated. And Lorelai is like in awe of it because it's very strange. And she asks who it's by and it says it's by someone named Zaltan Kamini. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that funny? <laughs> because it's hilarious. But she's so. I she, don't remember this episode. And he walks I away must and, she, it. and she's like, 
and like dying and like <laughs> laughing her ass off and Rory's like mom calm down like we're in an alumnus's house you have to be you have Proper. to behave and she keeps going don't you just want to say it over and over again Zaltan Gamini <laughs> Zaltan Gamini Zaltan Zaltan Gamini what that artist's name it sounds like robot language doesn't it Zoltan Kameni don't say it again Zoltan Kameni Zoltan Kameni stop don't Zoltan oh I'm sorry I'm interrupting she the does like this whole thing and it's very strange and hilarious and now all I can think about is Armand <laughs> Armand Linton Armand Linton <laughs> Zoltan Kameni I don't know why but it makes me think of that I understand and it's very funny to me at least it seems to be funny to you too which it's is, pretty funny which bodes yeah. well considering we do this together and this is true and we're related Armand and as a, when you say the word Armand you feel like your jaw has to like disengage from your mandible yeah you, you yes. basically just have to become a snake in order to say his name yep so that's normal yeah um, but he's such an obnoxious man oh my god he's such an obnoxious man oh. and like he shows up oh yes Mary I got your train letter and I wanted to thank you for it thank you and it couldn't have come to, at a better time because I remember that you were very attractive and, and very, very single. single. Are you still? Yes. Yes. And yes. And yes. <laughs> and it's just such a ridiculous exchange. And the way he brings up his wife um, is so odd. Like, I can't remember it. But the way he says it is really strange. Of- Armand Linton. Armand right. Linton. <laughs> yes. Well, well. <laughs> I, I didn't recognize you. Well, that's because last time you saw me, I had my wife Nancy on my arm. Oh, yes. How is Nancy? Off my arm. <laughs> We're separated, you know. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Well, that's all right. You see, I've been to a personal counselor, and I've learned to be open and honest about my separation. Uh-huh. Uh, excuse me, Mary. Oh, thank you. Oh, uh, Murray Slaughter, Armand Linton. Oh, hi. How are you? Fine. Since I became separated from my wife Nancy. <laughs> uh... Oh, I'm sorry to hear about that. Uh, what's the name again? Nancy. <laughs> well, Armand, it was really nice visiting with you, but I do have some work to do. You know, Mary, your letter couldn't have come at a better time. It reminded me of how attractive and single you were. You certainly are still attractive. Are you still, uh... Uh, yes. <laughs> well, well. So am I, since I became separated from my wife, Nancy. Since my wife, Nancy, left. Since my wife, Nancy, left, yeah. And took all the furniture. Exactly. And took all the pots and pans. And took all the everything. All the everything. And it makes me like Nancy that much more now, because we didn't like her too much when we saw her the first time around. Well, we didn't She was an accessory. Well, exactly. And he still speaks of her as an accessory. Yes. And at the time, they were newlyweds when we first met them. Mm -hmm. And then now... It's, he still speaks of her as if she were an accessory, but it's so clear that he just doesn't quite know how to function. Without his accessory wife? Yes. Yes. Because the, this idea that his wife was just this frivolous little arm candy was totally untrue. She Mm. clearly ran his life for him and Mm. conceivably just got really sick and tired of it. I like to think that... The Nancy who we met in episode two, season one, who was very malleable. Yes. And, you know. Wifey. Very wifey. That she was this. She was. I don't even want to say she was the salt to his pepper because that's too. That's 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 too complimentary. Yes. She was. She was the hat on his head. Mm. And 
I think I like to think now that after she saw the light the, yes and got sick and tired of this beautiful man who is really uh just I keep I kept thinking we're watching the episode and I kept thinking oh my god he's Troy McClure from the Simpsons yes you remember Troy McClure yes yeah yes he's the epitome of the pretty boy who has nothing inside totally a a shell a shiny shell of a man who looks kind of a Ted Baxter, but slightly with more uh, Mm -hmm. uh, credentials in terms of um, um, he's a Mm stockbroker, which Ted mistakenly thinks he's a stockholder. Because Ted doesn't understand the difference between a stockholder and a stockbroker. But so he presumably has a little bit, a little bit more intelligence than Ted, but the same outward appearance of look at me, I'm so pretty and my pretty wife, uh, complimented me mm-hmm. and completed my ensemble, mm-hmm. and now she's gone. So I need another one. And Mary, you fit the bill because you're pretty. Mm-hmm. But the uh, difference is, Mary has a, a brain. Yeah. Well, we don't we, know. Maybe we, Nancy had a brain. Maybe we Nancy suspect, had a brain too. We suspect that Nancy has a brain because yeah, she made the decision. Because she left. Because she left. So bravo, Nancy. Bravo. Yes. But Mary is not a Nancy. No. Not at all. No. Men are very much the accoutrement to the wonderfulness that is her life of independence and being a working gal. Mm-hmm. But, and we really do see that here. But it, it's, it, it, the scene that really unnerved me is when he shows up for their date a half hour early. What a faux pas. You I mean, never do that. No. Like, just don't, don't do it. No. Don't show up early. Show up on time, ideally five to ten minutes late. Right. Because it gives you time. Right. Like on time is good, on time but is fine. never early. No. And, not, and, and that's just kind of common courtesy. You're never mm. early for any gathering or date or party or anything like that. Like when people show up at your house early for a party, mm-hmm. that's like, okay. I'm still setting up. I'm still getting things ready. I'm still putting on lipstick. I'm still having a shit. I'm sorry. Whatever. Well, exactly. Right. Half an hour <laughs> you know. is a lot of time. You yeah. Could, you could, you know, you could drop, do a lot. You could drop a deuce and then get dressed. But yeah. if somebody shows up early, you're screwed. Yeah. And yes, men, anyone who's listening, women shit. Let's get over it. Yeah. But he so he shows up a half an hour early and basically just says, well, I had nothing to do at my apartment. So I figured I'd do that here. And it's the ultimate aimless wandering puppy. Mm. And it just it. But the type of puppy that you kind of just want to kick and drown in the bath. <laughs> Like I didn't know you had such a cruel streak in you. Well, no, daughter. I, I never, I, I never would no. to an actual puppy because puppies are wonderful, and so yes, are kitties. Are. As my who are, kitty who are crawls climbing on my lap. onto your lap as yes, we speak, she is desperate for attention, but not like Armand Linton. No, um, but the idea that you can invade someone's personal space when you hardly know them, mm-hmm. like Armand, he's just taking Mary out on a date. Yeah. And she reluctantly agreed because he showed up to thank her for the chain letter. And wouldn't leave until she... I wouldn't leave. It's not like like Rhoda walking in and saying, I'm just going to hang out here. No, because Rhoda's her good friend. Rhoda's her best friend. And you can have those filters down when your best friend comes over and sits and chats with you. But not when a date comes to your house. That's just not okay. Armand! Uh, it's only 7.30. I thought our date was uh, for 8 o'clock. Well, I know I'm a half hour early, but I had nothing to do, and I figured I'd rather do it here. <laughs> My apartment seems so empty now. Since Nancy moved out. And took all the furniture. 
Well, I, I still uh, have to get dressed, so uh, just um, come in and make yourself at home. Uh, you could uh, read, read a magazine. magazine. Sure. Our reservations are for 8.15. Where'd you finally decide we'd eat? Well, I made reservations in four places. Well, wherever you want to go. I didn't make a reservation there. <laughs> Armand, could you get that, please? Sure. It's good exercise. Trying to get ready with a date sitting in your living room is just no. awkward as shit. And she has this really awful uh, pink uh, quilted bathrobe. Well, yeah, because she wasn't ready. Yeah, I know. But I it's always... really an awful pink it, it's a quilted pretty, bathrobe. It's an awful bathrobe. Yeah. It makes me think, actually, of, uh, I don't know if you remember this, but there, there was the episode of Sex and the City where um, Carrie gets mugged. I want to say it's season four. And it's after they... Uh, no, it's season three. It's near the end of season three, if I'm not mistaken. And Big and Natasha, or Najinsky, the idiot stick figure with no soul, oh yeah, uh, have gotten divorced. She's just found out, and after finding out, she thinks that she's about to get a bunch of karmic retribution. In that, th- in the throes of this fear of karmic retribution, she gets mugged. As soon as she gets mugged, she calls Miranda, who is her lawyer, mm-hmm. who comes to to help her and uh there is a a police officer who shows up to take the reports and do all of that and he's stunning he is this beautiful irish guy who's like very just mel gibson before all the anti-semitism and was there such a time well before we knew before we knew of it about all the anti-semitism let's put it that way and we uh and he is just enamored of Miranda off the bat. And Miranda's like, I don't, I don't, I'm not used to this, right? Mm. So he asks her out. And then she's getting ready for their date. And it's later, it's like the next day or something. And Miranda's freaking out. And he's sitting in her living room and has been there for like half an hour mm. because she can't get ready. Uh. And just calls Carrie in a panic and is like, Carrie, he's out of my league. I don't have anything that goes with hunk. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember this episode. It makes me think of that if for no other reason than just... This this nervousness about going out on a date or... Well, the nervousness about going out on a date and the acceptability of having someone wait for you. Oh, like, yeah. the asshole like who shows up early because, well, I had nothing better to do, so I figured I'd come and impose, as opposed to, like, n- not being ready because of your own shit and, like, mm-hmm. them waiting, which also mm-hmm. is a bit of a faux pas, but I in that That's situation, so. I get it. Yeah. And less so. Yeah, it seems like less of an issue. Um, but for the most part, I mean, and even this guy who shows up with the cases of the, the thunderwear and everything, and just, I, I just keep thinking of, um, there's a drag queen called, uh, Alaska. Oh, her full name, his, their full name is Alaska Thunderfuck. <laughs> so I, I, with the thunderwear, I just keep thinking of Thunderfuck. I don't know why, but well, I no, understand. I know exactly why. You know it's why. half the same word. But, um, no, so dude shows up and he's awful. And he's awful. He's slimy. He's slimy. Smarmy, slimy. Very, he's a door-to-door salesman, but he's the caricature of a shitty, weaselly, mm-hmm. awful door-to-door salesman who will manipulate anyone and anything to get a sale. Yeah. And so they're all going about their business and you've got Armand Linton, the, the you know, 
the, the Ivy pre-boy. League rower pre yuppie yuppie who can't figure out his nose from his asshole now that his wife's left him. And then you have the smarmy McSmarmyton over here who it couldn't figure out that a comb over doesn't work when your hair is that greasy. Ooh. And they're just both like awful. Yes. And they're both in the same room. And they seem to actually be kind of getting along. Yeah, which, which doesn't is, surprise me. No, but it's kind of, they're both this superficial awfulness for very different reasons. Exactly. And the women are too nice and too polite instead of saying, guys, get the fuck get, out of here. Get the fuck out. Yeah. Just leave. Just like, go Like, nothing's away. happening here. No. But it made me think of, I actually found today, on the day that we're recording this, <laughs> on this, the day of my daughter's wedding, I found <laughs> a... Uh, <laughs> Sorry, guys. It's, it's just, okay. You're going to have to bear with me. You, you have to know what you, well, you have to write back and, and give and, and recognize all the movie references. Well, yeah. Uh, I found a tweet today that I retweeted uh, by Roxy QT. So at R-O-X-I-Q-T. Uh, yes, there are more fish in the sea, but there's also 1.4 billion pounds of trash added to the ocean yearly. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> and it's true. I mean, we always say this whole, I, you know, there's this this mentality of, oh, there's so many fish in the sea. Sure. There's also uh, there's you also have to a dredge. lot of trash. You have to dredge through the trash oh and, the, and the and the uh, unwanted plastic. Do you ever? Hmm. And Armand Linton is, is unwanted, unwanted plastic. plastic. Jinx. That was that was good timing. That was good. Well done. <laughs> but we congratulate ourselves. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> but it just it just completely strikes me. And now, because, I mean, a lot has changed over the process of this recording session, of, mm. of these recording sessions for mm-hmm. season two. And mm-hmm. I, like Mary, am now a single professional 30-year-old woman <laughs> working in media. Do, 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 do. Anyways, <laughs> so that was necessary. That yes. was very, very yes, necessary. Yes, it was. But I keep thinking about that. And, you know, what happens next? Like, I'm single for the first time in five years, and that's very strange. And I don't know. Like, the world is a weird place, and there's a lot of trash out in the sea. So finding mm. the fish, and as opposed to, like, the guppies or the unwanted plastic, is a little frightening. Are we object- objectivizing men? Yes, are we objectifying men? That. That word. <laughs> that word. <laughs> that. How am I objectifying men? I don't know, because they're either guppies or plastic. No, because I'm not I'm not saying that in terms of like I'm not I would be objectifying men if I was saying, well, you know, there are I want someone who is blonde and who's six foot two. Yeah, like I no. there aren't enough tall blonde handsome men out there there aren't enough men with high tight asses there aren't enough you know like anything like that would be objectifying them yes you know this idea of well what i'm looking for is physical and nothing else which is not the case or ever has been i'm still i've said to a few friends especially recently if you stood all the guys i've ever dated in a line and there's no pattern here you could not connect the dots no you couldn't at all and you know you've met a lot of them yep yep but um very different so it just goes to show, and I think that's one of the interesting things about the Mary Tyler Moore show and Mary Richards as a character, is they allow that to kind of play into things. Mm-hmm. This notion that 
like Mary dates frivolously. Well, not frivolously. Not frivolously. frivolously. Just, you know. Casually. Yes. Frivolous has a negative undertone. Casually in she likes socializing and we we make the assumption, and I think it's a reasonable assumption because this is 1971, Mm -hmm. that these are dates. These are I kiss you goodnight at the end of the date Mm -hmm. and that's the end of that. Mm -hmm. They're not relationships. They're not relationships. They're just dates. And there's nothing wrong with that. No. And that's the nice thing is that pre-Mary Tyler Moore show, it would likely have been expected that if a woman's going to date... Then she's going to get married to the guy. Well, yeah. Yeah. Or that it's going to be prolonged. That that character in terms of sitcoms would Mm -hmm. become at least an extended guest appearance. Yes. And that's not the case. No. And you see that also in her being allowed to have bad dates. And, yes. you know, which we saw with Howard Arnell. Right. And who was the other guy on the date with Armand Linton. Yes, he was. So That's right. Double awful. Yes. So it's, yeah. it's Yeah, it is kind of interesting. And apropos of that, in one of the future episodes that we will talk about after this one, mm-hmm. she it starts off with Mary speaking with Rhoda as they're walking back into the office. Mm-hmm. And Mary is talking about a date that she just had and a date that she's going to have with a particular person that we don't know who that is. I think it's is just... Is that when she says Paul? Was it Paul? It might have been. And I think it, it's possible that it was Paul Arnell. Oh, okay. That's my assumption. But that but that dialogue doesn't go anywhere, at least in that episode. No, it doesn't. Where it's just a casual mentioning Mention. and then the episode is about something completely unrelated. Yep. So it's just a throw in that Mary does have a social life that involves going out with men. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, that's good for her. Yeah. That's and terrific. And it's just kind of there. Mm-hmm. And that shouldn't be. And even now, if we compare it to stuff now, if there is an arc written about a female character who is dating mm-hmm. or in a relationship or anything like that, the male character or female character, the the romantic interest features prominently into at least a short arc on the show, even if it's two episodes. True. The only thing I would say about that is that shows in the past, Mm -hmm. decades ago, were a little bit more self-contained, yeah. whereas shows in today's they were uh, more series, epi- well, they were yes. more episodic as, as opposed, opposed to a series. Yeah. Uh, serialized where, where you need to get to know the characters and the interaction between the characters mm-hmm. and the dynamics because it matters down the road. So the thread continues, whereas um, I think it was simpler and more more sort of cut into bits. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you could watch an episode and it didn't necessarily... Uh, you didn't have to know three episodes back what was going on. Well, exactly. They're pretty self-contained. That is one of the interesting things with the Mary Tyler Moore show, though, is that it is episodic. Yes. But it has serialized elements. Yes, it does. There are some through lines, especially with the Arnells Mm -hmm. and with Armand Linton. Mm-hmm. And and aspects like that. There there is some through line, and especially now in season two, we're starting to notice that as some we'll see in a couple back. of some people yeah. come back, but 
there's also the reiteration of past plot lines. Right. Even if just loosely, like with, oh, I might be going out with Paul and da 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 da. And the assumption is that if you've been watching the show, you, you know, know that that's Paul likely is. Paul Arnell. Right. Um, and even there was something with Rhoda. I don't remember what it was. And they both kind of remembered, oh, yes, that time we went and did that thing. And it was from something in season one. I think we may find more of that yeah. as it evolves because I think um comedy evolved over the years that mm-hmm. the show was um on the air mm-hmm. and that that uh episodic morphing into more serialized will happen more exactly mm-hmm. absolutely i completely agree mm-hmm. but that was don't break the chain so again that was episode 10 of season two next week on the show we will be discussing episode 11 because that's what comes after 10 I'm so useful. The six and a half year itch. Lou catches his favorite son-in-law at a movie theater with another woman. That episode was written, uh, sorry, directed by Jay Sandrich. And of course it was. It was written by Treva Silverman. That's why. That's why we loved it. Yeah. So, and... yeah. And it's a doozy. And it's a doozy. It's interesting. So you'll see next week when we uh, when we upload the episode. And tune in then. In the meantime, as per usual, of course, you can find us as well as some of our other uh, sibling podcasts on the Modern Superior Network. Head on over to ModernSuperior.com to check us out and the rest of the Modern Superior family of podcasts. You can also find us on iTunes. So please head on over to iTunes, rate and review the show, and don't forget to hit subscribe. Every little bit helps and it makes us a bit more visible for others who might want to find the show. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at After All Podcast. Or you can reach out and shoot us an email if you'd like just to touch base or some comments on the show to afterallpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time.